one of the best terms, working with a mortgage broker is probably the ideal strategy and is definitely the ideal strategy if you plan on pursuing a private loan, a bridge loan. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost-effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode and for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com or to learn more about the apartment syndication school, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hello, best of your listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Syndication School Series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I'm your host, Theo Hicks. Each week, we air a podcast episode that focuses on a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy, 
And for a lot of these episodes, including this episode today, we offer some free resources. So there are going to be free documents, PowerPoints, PDFs, Excel, temp calculators, things like that that will help you along your apartment syndication journey. All of the previous episodes and previously given away free documents are available for free at syndicationschool.com. And this is going to be most likely a two-part series, depending on how long I talk today, about multifamily lending. So this is going to be a multifamily 101 course talking about these specific topics. So today we're going to talk about how you determine which lender to actually use. We're going to talk about agency lenders versus private loans and which ones you should use. You always go with agencies. We're going to talk about using mortgage brokers versus working directly with a lender. We're going to talk about at what point in the process you're supposed to engage the mortgage broker and the lender. And that'll probably be about as far as we get to in today's episode. And then next week, or if you're listening to this in the future, the syndication school episodes, that is seven episodes after this, since we release daily episodes, we're going to talk about how to know if you qualify for an agency loan. And then we're going to talk about things like upfront reserves, can you have renovations costs included in the loan, and then what you need to look at when you are reviewing options. And then for both of these episodes, because we're not going to get into super specifics on the different types of loans that you can get through the agencies and through the bridge lenders. So in a separate document, we're going to provide the top loans program, which will be an Excel template that'll have the most popular agency loans, bridge loans, and other types of loans you can get on multifamily properties. So to kick things off, well, how do you know what lender you should use? Now, most of the time, the best terms you're going to get on a loan is going to be the agency loan. Now, just because the agency loan has the best terms doesn't necessarily mean that you always use an agency loan because of the fact that, for example, there's a prepayment penalty, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But that is something that is on the agency loan. So if you are doing a deal, if you plan on refinancing or selling after a few years, well, it might not be best to get an agency loan because of the extra fee you'll have to pay. In that case, a not agency loan would be ideal. But most of the time, I would say that if you can qualify for an agency loan and the plan is to hold the deal for say five to 10 years, then you're gonna wanna get an agency loan. So with an agency loan, a lender is going to provide you with the debt to purchase the apartment, but rather than actually holding that mortgage on their books, they're going to sell that mortgage to an agency. So that's why it's actually called an agency loan. And then the agencies are then going to pull together thousands of these different types of loans they've bought, and they're going to sell them to private investors or investment firms on the open market as mortgage-backed securities, MBSs. So the two agencies that everyone knows about that will actually purchase these loans from lenders and then resell them as these mortgage-backed securities or MBSs are Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And both of these agencies guarantee the MBSs that they sell to investors because they are government-sponsored entities, GSEs, which means that not only is the agency guaranteeing these loans, but the United States government is explicitly say it, but they're implicitly, since they sponsor these agencies, also backing these loans. 
So in order to provide that guarantee, these agencies are only going to buy certain types of mortgages from approved providers. So Fannie Mae was actually created first and then Freddie Mac was created later to generate some competition to drive down the rates even more for both the borrowers, the lenders, and the MBS investors. So why am I going through this whole entire history? Well, the question is, what lender do you use? So if you want to get a agency loan, then you can only use the lenders that are allowed to sell their products to these agencies. So you're not going to be working directly with Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. They're the ones that are buying the mortgages. You're going to want to work with a approved lending institution. So both Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have a list of these approved lenders on their websites. So for Fannie Mae, they only buy loans that are originated from what are called delegated underwriting and servicing lenders, DUS lenders. So what this basically means is that Fannie Mae is delegating the underwriting process and the servicing of the loans to a third-party lender that must meet their strict qualifications. So in order to obtain a Fannie Mae loan, you must go through one of these delegated underwriting servicing lenders or DUS lenders. And there's 25 at the time of this recording, and you can go to Fannie Mae's website. If you just Google Fannie Mae DUS lenders, then you'll see that list. Then Freddie Mac also has an approved list of lenders, and they're actually called the Optigo conventional lenders. And similarly, if you just Google Freddie Mac Optigo lenders, then the list of Freddie Mac approved lenders will come up. And a lot of them are the same as the DUS lenders. So if you are able to qualify, which we'll talk about, I guess, next week, if you are able to qualify for agency, then you're going to want to go through one of these DUS or Optigo lenders in order to get the agency debt. Now, the next question is, should you always use these agency approved lenders? And as I mentioned before, one of the major benefits of the agency loan are going to be the loan terms. So... When you compare the agency loans to the non-agency bridge loans, you're going to see usually lower down payments, and then you're definitely going to see lower debt service because of the lower interest rates, which means that, of course, you're going to have a higher cash-on-cash return. But as I mentioned already, not every deal is going to be best served by an agency loan, using the example of the shorter hold period. But also, not every deal or borrower is even going to qualify for an agency loan. So obviously, if you don't qualify for an agency loan or the deal doesn't qualify for an agency loan, then there really isn't that great of an advantage of using that lender. It's probably better to use a mortgage broker to help you find the best loan that you qualify for or that the deal qualifies for. Although, obviously, that lender will probably still provide financing. This won't be an agency loan and the terms won't be as good. Which kind of brings us to the next point. Do you use a lender or do you use a mortgage broker? So the mortgage broker is a firm or a person who acts as an intermediary between a lender and then the borrower. And then the major benefit of using a mortgage broker is that they are going to have a higher level of expertise and a larger breadth of relationships than you because that's their main focus is working with lenders. So since there are countless different multifamily loan programs offered at any given time, when you work with a mortgage broker and you send them information on you, your team, and the deal, then they will come back to you with the ideal loan program or a list of options to choose from. 
So that's kind of their expertise. They can use their expertise and find the best loan program, whereas you might not be able to do that on your own. Although working with a lending institution, they should do the same thing. So in a sense, they both have expertise. So really the major benefit is more the breadth of relationships. So the mortgage broker is not going to be limited to the loan programs offered by single institutions. So if I go and work with Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo has their list of loans. And if you want a loan that's not on their list, well, they really can't make up a loan for you. Whereas a mortgage broker is working with Wells Fargo and then all these other lending institutions. And so they have access to all of Wells Fargo loans, as well as all loans at other lending institutions, which means that they can offer you maybe a better loan program in general. Plus they can negotiate with multiple lenders to get you the best terms for a particular loan program. So overall, your options are a little bit more limited when you're working with a lender than with a mortgage broker. And then I guess one of the downsides of the mortgage broker is that since they are an intermediary, they're going to charge a fee for their service. It's going to be some percentage of the loan that you pay to the mortgage broker as a fee. So who do you use? It really kind of depends on lots of different things. If you just plan on always using agency loans, it maybe makes sense just to work with an agency approved lender. But if you plan on using some bridge loans and agency loans, or you want to have a mortgage broker who works on your behalf, goes out there and maybe one DUS lender is offering better terms today. And then a month from now, it's a different DUS lender who's offering the best terms. Right? They can kind of figure all that out for you as opposed to you going out and talking to all of them. So when you get the best terms, working with a mortgage broker is probably the ideal strategy. And it's definitely the ideal strategy if you plan on pursuing a private loan, a bridge loan because they're going to be able to find you the best terms for that as well. So the last thing we'll talk about in this part one will be when do you engage with this mortgage broker or the lender? So you decide that you're going to go with a lender or you decide you're going to go with a mortgage broker. At what point in the process do you actually reach out to them? So this is assume that you're just getting started and you haven't done a deal before. You should not be reaching out to a mortgage broker or a lender once a deal is under contract. In reality, you really shouldn't even be looking at deals until you've spoken and engaged with a lender or a mortgage broker. Because when you have a conversation with them, they're going to ask you information about your background and the type of deals you're looking at and the amount of money you can raise and what markets you're investing in. And then based off of that, they can tell you what loan program you're going to qualify for. But more importantly, they can tell you how much debt you can qualify for. So if you assume that you can qualify for, let's say, $10 $10 million in debt, and you're going out there looking at deals that are in the 12 plus million dollar range, and you find a rock solid deal, get under contract, and then you engage your mortgage broker and say, hey, I got this $12 million deal. Here's the information on it. Here's my background. They say, oh, well, hey, Theo, you can actually only qualify for $5 million in debt. Well, there's obviously solutions like finding a loan guarantor, which we'll talk about next week, but it's better to know upfront how much money you can qualify for, and then you can either pursue those types of deals or pursue partnerships to qualify for more money. So ideally, before you even start engaging real estate brokers to find deals, you really get your property management company and your mortgage broker on board first. And then you can start looking at deals. And then the mortgage broker will tell you what you should send them if you find a deal you're interested in. And then before you submit an offer, your mortgage broker or your lender will ideally give you kind of an estimate quote on how much they can loan, what the interest rates are going to be, so that you can calculate an accurate debt service so that you can actually determine a good offer, right? Because 
not only do you have your traditional operating expenses, but you're going to have to pay your debt service as well, which is going to really impact the cash on cash return, especially if you're talking about getting interest only, or you've got higher LTVs or lower LTVs. All that's going to affect how much money you're paying to the lender each month. And the more you're paying to the lender each month, all other things being equal, the lower the cash flow is ultimately going to be, which means the lower the return is going to be to your investor, which means the lower the offer has to be. So again, you don't want to submit an offer and then realize that the debt service is so high on that type of loan that you're not going to be able to meet the cash and cash return requirements of your investors. And then you have to lose that deal. You lose credibility in the eyes of the brokers, even the owners, right? It's just not a good situation at all. So overall, engage your lender or your mortgage broker upfront before you start pursuing deals. Again, have that general conversation to determine how much you can qualify for. And then before you submit an offer on a deal, make sure you're getting a quote from your mortgage broker or your lender so you can get that estimated debt service amount and the estimated loan amount, which in turn determines the down payment so you can get a better representation of the cash and cash return so that you know if it's actually worth submitting an offer on or not. So that's the first half of the Multifamily Lending 101 course. Next week, we're going to most likely finish it off by going over in detail some more of the process. Like how do you qualify for these things? What are the reserve requirements? Are renovation costs included in the loan? And other things to look for when reviewing the option. But now that I'm thinking about it, it might actually be a three-part series because I think I might make the what to look at when reviewing a loan options into its own episode. But uh, we'll see. At least two parts, potentially three parts. So that concludes this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you check out some of the other episodes we have about the how-tos of apartment syndications, as well as free documents at syndicationschool.com. And also, as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, make sure you click on that free top loan program document and download that so you can get more specifics on the different terms for each of the different types of loans available. Thank you for listening. As always, best ever listeners, have a best ever day, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Are you looking to get started in multifamily investing or looking to grow your portfolio? Nathan Tabor has created an online course that is slammed with incredibly useful and practical information. Check it out at apartments.nathantabor.com.